You're listening to Identity Theft by Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Downey, and sponsored by the award-winning Kennedy Stern Christian Suspense series. Visit alanaterry.com slash unabridged to get the first three-book bundle in the Kennedy Stern Christian Suspense series today. And now, enjoy today's episode of Unabridged, the Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 9 Her whole body was shaking by the time Driscoll left, but she ignored the trembling and went back to her room to finish packing. Nothing could change her mind, not now. She had regained control of her life for the first time since it started spinning rampant four years ago. She flipped through her wallet to see how much cash she had, just enough to fill her tank and maybe buy a few groceries to start off in Anchorage. She didn't know anyone out there, but that didn't matter. Lacey was never afraid of meeting new people, seeing new places. This would be an adventure, an adventure she could determine for once. Carl and Sandy would worry about her if they knew. They were always so safety-conscious, which was probably why they were never thrilled with Raphael in the first place. But she didn't answer to them anymore, even though she hadn't stopped thinking of them since Raphael told her he went to their church. And if he was right, if Massachusetts was safe for her now, she could go home. At last. Of course, that was getting ahead of herself. First, Anchorage. Give herself a few days to settle in. Decide from there what to do. It was too early to meet Raphael for lunch, but she was anxious to get on the road. There was nothing left for her here. Nothing but old memories, old identities. And Curtis. Of course, there was still Curtis. But she'd have time to think about that in Anchorage. Her co-worker Kim had a sister in town. Maybe she needed a roommate. It was summer. Wouldn't there be a plethora of kids in need of nannies? Or she could go to the University of Alaska, fill out their application for student aid, get a dorm on campus. There were enough options she didn't need to worry. Everything was going to work itself out. Finally. She grabbed her suitcase and a backpack and threw them in her trunk, and then she came back to fill a Costco box with a few random items. The rest could go to whatever tenant took over after her. She wouldn't get her security deposit back after leaving the apartment such a mess, but once she sold her car, she wouldn't need the extra cash. She took a deep breath. Everything was going to be just fine. She left her apartment keys on the dining room table, started up her car, and drove to the Elk Hotel. That was one nice thing about a town as small as Glen Allen, There was only one place that lodged out-of-town guests. She hurried in and stopped at the front desk. Hi, I have a friend staying here. I was wondering if you could call his room for me. What's his name? Lacey stopped. She didn't even know what alias Raphael was using. Um, can you try... Well, look who showed up. His voice boomed from the top-level balcony as he leaned over with a grin. I was just getting ready to text you. Give me a sec and I'll be right down. Lacey smiled sheepishly and waited near the stairs. She felt as anxious as she had at her junior prom. She kept fidgeting with her hands, wondering what he would do when he came down. She didn't feel ready for another kiss, even though that one last night had felt so good, if not long overdue. 
Raphael was all smiles as he hustled down the stairs to his own syncopated rhythm. How's my girl? He placed his hand on the small of her back and noisily pecked the air about an inch away from her cheek in classic New England style. He still wore the same cologne, that inviting masculine scent. How had she lived the past four years without him? What have you been up to? I thought you weren't free until later. Plans changed. I, um... She glanced at the desk clerk. Well, you want to head outside? Go on a walk or something? His eyes darted to the window. Sure, my bike's locked up and secure. I'm all yours. They stepped outside and Lacey swatted away the mosquitoes that swarmed her face. She took her hair out of her ponytail to give her ears and neck more protection. I've been thinking, she began tentatively, and I've got to tell you some things. Part of it's good and part of it's not. There, was that enough of a warning? He walked beside her with his familiar easy step. She had forgotten the simple joy of being beside him, being together, enjoying the outdoors. The Wrangell Mountains stretched out before them, tiny dollops of snow from last winter still capping the peaks. He slipped his arm around her waist, unassuming, natural. Start with the good stuff. Well, I've made up my mind about a few things. I went over to see... She faltered before saying his name. It sounded so strange talking about him. I went to see my trooper friend, and, well, I said I was going to Anchorage to give myself time to put everything together. Raphael nodded thoughtfully. Sounds reasonable. He took it okay? Yeah. She wasn't willing to get into details of their conversation and was glad he didn't press it any further. What's the bad news, then? She slowed her pace. Well, I feel like in some ways I need to have the same conversation with you. I mean, I'm thrilled you're here, but before I go anywhere, before I make any big decisions about our relationship, I need time to think through it all. He let out a little laugh. You have no idea how glad I am to hear you say that. Really? Well, it's weird for me too, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I was so excited last night I only slept for two hours. But on the other hand, it's like we've been living totally separate lives these past four years. We're different people, whether we want to admit it or not. And, well, as stoked as I am to imagine what God might have in store for us, I think it's good to slow down a little, give ourselves time to think things through, pray about it, make sure we're doing the right things for the right reasons, you know? She nodded, taken slightly aback. She'd expected this conversation to be harder. So, Anchorage, huh? He said after a minute. What will you be doing once you're there? I don't even know what I want to do anymore. You ever think of going back to school? Maybe, but I'd have to start over at the beginning. All of my credits are under my old name. Her voice trailed off, and neither of them said anything. She wondered if he was thinking the same thing she was. She could go back to Lacey. There was always that option. Transfer her old credits to UAA, enroll in... No, she was moving to Anchorage so she had time to think. She couldn't get ahead of herself. They reached the end of the sidewalk and turned around automatically. Raphael glanced at the time on his phone. 
It's a little past eleven. Is that too early for lunch? Actually, I'm leaving today. I guess that's the rest of the bad news. Had she told him that part yet? It's not because of you or anything. I just... I know, you're itching to be alone and make sense of everything. And when I'm around, that just confuses the matter. That's not what I... I'm just teasing. He nudged her playfully. Well, I gotta get to Anchorage, too. Care to drive with me? Nah, I'm taking my car. I'm selling it for my seed money. Not a bad idea. He sighed. Does that mean no lunch? She could hear the disappointment in his tone. Well, what if we make a date in Anchorage, she asked. Dinner tonight? A grin spread across his face. Deal, I'm buying. She grinned, too. Good, because I'm officially broke. Hey, do you want me to... He stopped on the sidewalk and fidgeted in his pocket. We could find an ATM and I could let you have... She shook her head. No, this move, getting away from here, everything, I've got to do this on my own. How could she explain it to him? How could she explain how she could never really find out if she was Joe or Lacey or some other stranger she hadn't even met yet, until she went through this alone? But thanks. She let her hand rest on his shoulder for a moment. Their eyes locked. He gave her a smile. You got this, Lace. Deep in her heart, she knew he was right. Chapter 10 She said goodbye to Raphael when they reached the hotel again. It was easier knowing she would see him in Anchorage at the end of the day. Maybe the drive would give her time to think through things a little more. Maybe by dinner she'd have formed some kind of plan for the next few weeks. Tonight they would meet in Anchorage as free adults. The thought made her almost giddy as she crossed the street to Puck's grocery store. She had about a hundred dollars left in her bank account. In a week she'd get her last paycheck from the daycare. Money might be tight in Anchorage, but it wasn't as though she had made it big, wiping snotty noses on the playground either. She was on the road fifteen minutes later, speeding out of Glen Allen, heading for a new life. Her enthusiasm was short-lived, however. She had just passed the native church in Mendeltna when her change oil light flickered. Her car sputtered and lost speed. She pushed down again on the accelerator, but the engine ground in protest. Flipping on her emergency lights, she eased over onto the side of the road. Thankfully, nobody was behind her. She tried to pick up speed, but the engine shuddered once more and then died. So much for that idea. For the faintest moment, she wondered if Driscoll had sabotaged her car. He was so convinced she needed to stay in the program. Maybe he got kickbacks based on how many protectees he kept corralled in their rightful places. She flipped on her cell phone. Coverage was spotty from here most of the way to Anchorage. She got a faint signal and spent another two or three minutes deciding who to call. She gave one final attempt to turn the engine over. It coughed faintly before grinding again. Nothing. She had to go back. For a minute she thought about walking all the way to Glen Allen, but that was ridiculous. It would take her half the day, and the bugs were atrocious. 
she needed to call for a ride. Call who? Curtis? Raphael? She looked at both men's names in her cell phone, testing each one out in her mind. Curtis would drop everything, bring Madeline with him, and probably find a way to tow her car back to Glen Allen. He'd spend the rest of his day off fixing it in his garage. Could she expect him to do that after the way she'd treated him? She could ask Raphael to pick her up. It would give them more time to talk, but the most he could do would be to drive her back to Glen Allen, where she'd probably end up needing Curtis to help get her car anyway. She sighed. Was this fate, God's way of keeping her humble right when she thought she was figuring out how to live once more? She thought again of Drisclay and pictured how smug he would look if he saw her here stranded on the side of the road. She hesitated long enough. She pulled Curtis's number up on her cell phone and bit her lip, fighting to keep from hanging up before he answered. Hello? It's me. I hate to do this to you, but... I had some car trouble outside of Mendeltna. Can you come get me? Silence. What was he thinking? The oil? Yeah. Why hadn't she listened to him? He had been harping about that change oil light since spring. A sigh. All right. The munchkin's in the bath right now. It'll be a few minutes. Take your time. I'm not going anywhere. A week ago, they probably would have both laughed. More silence. For a minute, she wondered if he would ask her why she hadn't called Raphael. I'm sorry, she added. It's not a problem. Give me half an hour to dry her off and get to you. Thanks, she added, but he had already hung up. You've been listening to Identity Theft by Alana Terry. Today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by the Kennedy Stern Christian Suspense Series. Current Audible listeners can get the first three books for just one credit. New subscribers can dive into this best-selling series free with your Audible trial. Visit alanaterry.com unabridged to download the Kennedy Stern Christian Suspense audiobooks today. Just be prepared to stay up late.